Mets fans, I want to take a quick break from talking baseball and let you know about the next top prospect in building a smart home. Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is that big time new star prospect. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is a smart lock, a 2K resolution camera, and a doorbell. It's three devices in one, triple the security. You know triples are rare in baseball, but not with Eufy. You can have everything in one device rather than install many pieces on your front door. It's not just for security, but also for convenience. Just the other night, I had tons of packages in the rain. Rather than fumble for my keys, I easily entered my home. This is big since I have four dogs who are impatiently waiting for me at the door. No more concerns about losing keys, and you could assign passwords to your family members. Worried about when your loved ones are getting home? Eufy allows you to see them coming back home via the integrated camera. Hey Mets fans, this is a home run. I had a competitive product before Eufy, and it's the difference between a one-dimensional hitter and a five-tool player. Eufy is that five-tool superstar. Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com to learn more. Already sold? Go to Amazon and get your Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Want to go to the store? Best Buy will have it starting around May 20th. Get complete control over your front door at ease with the Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 today. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlay, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All right, let's go to Mike Silva. He uh, runs the Mets podcast talking Mets baseball I guess now I guess you'll probably have a podcast this week because the hiring of Carlos Beltran Mike welcome back to talking sports on a Saturday evening what's up buddy uh, hey thanks for having me on and look it does not matter 24 7 365 there's always something to talk about there's always a podcast took a couple of weeks off but it really wasn't time off because obviously this managerial search but thanks for having me on guys uh, great great, great to have you back it's always good to have you as our go-to guy there so tell me about what you think about beltron the uh, other candidates maybe you thought maybe should have been more highly considered talk to me about that well i would have done the process like the phillies did the process i would have went to the experienced guys like buck showwater joe girardi they put dusty baker in there girardi was the guy i thought because of his new york pedigree because he had, had been with the Yankees, I thought he would have brought some of that you know, Yankee excellence over. And I think where the Mets were, uh, especially because they're in a win-now situation, the media's kind of been circling the wagon on them a while. You know, they went through the Madoff. It's, it's, it's time where you felt that, all right, go out and get the short thing. Uh, they didn't do that. And, and since they didn't do that, you know, it shows I don't know what I'm talking about. And Brody Van Wagenen, obviously, he's the GM, and you know, he's the guy that, you know, gets paid to make all these decisions. Being that they went the inexperienced route again, I'll say this. They went with the guy that I think has the most cachet, 
that will have the longest rope to hang himself, for lack of a better word here. Uh, guy's a Hall of Famer. You know, he comes well-respected in the game, comes well-respected with the media. Uh, I think those uh, situations will allow him to maybe navigate some of the tough times at the beginning. Um, and again, look, the way it goes now with uh, th- this uh, managerial situation in baseball Basically, the front office is in the dugout. I mean, this is no different than maybe some of the companies you guys have worked in. It's middle management. Everybody's got to say, you know, I would, wouldn't be shocked where Carlos Beltran is going to be asked to keep a clean clubhouse to do, you know, a lot of the things that a coach would do in terms of helping players improve. Uh, and the lineup's going to be sitting there on his desk. And let's be honest, I mean, you guys debate on this show all the time. How many moves uh, throughout the postseason do we really, you know, we really, when we really peel the onion here, are we going to debate that makes it make a big difference? Yeah, pitching change here and there, but you could even debate that. At the end, it's 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 about the uh, the, the talent on the field and, and how well that talent meshes and how consistent they are. And, boy, boy, and I, Mike, you just said a lot of things that I want to unpack. I don't even know where to start. Okay, go ahead. Uh, let me, let me. There are so many points you hit on. I, I I'm so curious. First of all, I really want to know um, what you thought of, of this move. And then secondly, um, if you believe what you just said, and I agree with you, I think you're 100% right that part of this move, going with a guy like Beltran instead of a guy like Girardi, who I thought was the right move, is because they do want to have a hand in the dugout. So two-part question here. Was this the right move? Do you like this move? And don't you think that is a bad way to approach this, is being too involved in the managerial aspect of the game for the front office? I don't like it. It's the way the world is now, uh, and, and, and I guess at some point baseball's a copycat game, and if someone has the ability to do it the old school way and win, you'll have 29 teams copying it. Uh, you got a lot of people that want jobs right now. Uh, their job security is showing their value and their worth. They feel by running these algorithms and throwing the lineup on the, on the manager's desk that that's the right way to go. I think the lineups are kind of insignificant. I think I've always said this. And, and if Beltran could do the following, it doesn't matter if it's Beltran, Joe Girardi, Eduardo Perez. If he can manage up with his bosses, he'll certainly be fine. He keeps the clubhouse clean. He manages the bullpen. That's the most important thing because you can't have someone from the front office buzzing in on that. You've got to make decisions quick. You could game plan. But does he but, keep the pitching coach? And, and you know, well, <laughs> probably not. Probably they'll bring somebody else in there. But this is going to be an organizational decision the most important thing. You know, and though it's not like the players are up there thinking about this while they're, they're hitting, you've got to make sure you keep a lot of the noise with the media out of, out of there. And Mickey didn't do a good job with that mm, at all. Good point. But, here, but, but, but Mike, here you, have a si- we'll do that. but here you have a situation from day one, which is what you're laying out here, which I agree with you, that the players themselves are going to know that the, end, the decisions ultimately that are being made on the field are not coming from their manager. How can a team respect a manager that is not really making all the decisions? Well, I think he's part of a group. I mean, that's the whole thing. And I think they're, they're doing that. The that's reason baseball why Beltran might get respect compared to some of the other guys is that, and this was a point uh, made, I believe, in the book Astro Ball. I've been reading a lot of different things about Beltran. Even though I watch Beltran as a player up close, he's been gone eight years. He's not really top of mind for a long time. Right. Beltran was 
from another country, didn't speak the language, and had to fight his way to become a big leaguer. And which is awesome. Which is awesome. To his credit. Struggled, struggled early in his career. Then he became an all-star, and he got a big contract, and he was one of the best players in the game. And then he had a serious injury and declined and had to fight his way back. And then he had to have 2.0, which is how do I continue to be a serviceable player and have value when I'm on the back half of my career? Every single stage, every single type of player you're going to see in that dugout, Beltron probably has been that player. Interesting so point. Relate, Good point, Mike. He can relate to all those guys. And that's the part where uh, I never thought of that. So that's not me throwing that out there. I copied that from, from that book. You know, Mickey Calloway can't say that. He was a bad starting pitcher. He was a journeyman. He, right. can't, he can't recognize what a Jacob deGrom. But Beltron has been on both ends of that spectrum. So I think he'll bring a lot of uh, street cred, for lack of a better word, there. And look, managing up and managing your bosses is important in this whole situation. And uh, hopefully, uh, because of the way they had this extensive interview process, uh, he's already started that uh, you know olive branch where they feel comfortable. I don't know if this is the guy Brody Van Wagenen maybe 100% wanted. I had heard it was Tim Bogar. But I think when you figure all the stakeholders, the fact that you needed somebody that could give you some cachet with the public, you know, get along with the owner, get along with the GM, or you know, have the uh, the credibility with the players. If it wasn't going to be one of those big names that the GM probably just was like these guys are are just too old school. They're going to they're not going to buy into a collaborative. That's that word that's been thrown around collaborative type of management structure. Then let me go with the guy that fits. I think a better word is chaotic structure rather than collaborative because <laughs> you, you don't you have that, people getting you know involved what? in areas they shouldn't be. All right, but you know what? Now now he's the manager. The ma- yeah. Sort of. Well, no. He, well, whatever it is, under the, his, his but, name but is the manager. You guys, you guys collaborate at your jobs. Yeah. I mean, everybody collaborates. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, well, you know, but you have the final say. Look, I don't think someone's going to tell this guy you can't bring in Jerry's Familia in the seventh inning. What I do think is they're going to say, here's the game plan. Let's talk about it. This is what we'd like to see. Well, I don't tell John when to say what on his own show. All right. So, right? Well, I mean, and that's what's going to happen with the dugout decisions. Well, here it is. All right. So now he's the manager. Mike, what changes do you see happening with the roster now that he's the manager? It's going to be – I don't think he has anything to do with, with the changes that are going to be on the roster. The roster right now will be interesting because, well, number one, how high will the payroll go? It's already at $175 million, which Ooh. is going to be higher than last year. And you, wow. you only probably got – I mean, if they want to go to the 200, they'd still be under the luxury tax. That only gives you about $25 million. So really and – and I've been reading a, a lot about uh, you know how teams go about things now. There's a book out – uh, called the MVP machine, which is really good. And then I just mentioned Astro Ball earlier. I think teams right now feel there's a lot of players in their system that could do a lot of the things that you would necessarily go out in the past and go on the free agent market or trade. You just need to find out what's the best way to utilize their skill set. So they're trying to use analytics as a way to say, player A, how do we get the most upside there? And I think the Mets are going to have to start doing that. That's what the Dodgers do. That's what the Astros do. Look at that Astros roster in the postseason. There were guys, Ryan Presley, that's a name in the bullpen. These were journeyman guys at one point. Now they're getting key outs. Jared Cole was not uh, a top uh, pitcher when he was at Pittsburgh. He was an underachiever. Now he was a top pick, but he was underachieving. These are guys that they took on, and they were able to, between coaching and analytics, say, this is how we can maximize and get the most out of player ABC, and the Mets have to do that. And if they don't, or any team, I don't care if you're the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mets, you cannot afford to overpay 
for 25 guys. Not when you have stars making $30 million a year. That's the going rate now. You just can't afford it anymore. Um, you know, we could debate whether there's money to be had in the coffers with these teams. You can't have $300 million payrolls. At least the, the, the league has not embraced that yet anyway. Especially, especially a team that we know is a little hand-tied. Uh, like the Mets. L- let me ask you one thing that I found really intriguing about this uh, move with Beltran, Mike, was the history of conflict between Beltran and, and the Mets. And, you know, I, I read VAC, I think you even commented on Twitter about VAC's article about this, which was a terrific uh, discussion about, you know, they had that big fight, the Mets and Beltran, about his injury, and he went out and had a surgery without even telling the team. Now, this is not just history, because you're going to have situations in the next year or two where his own players are going to be injured, and you got to think there's going to be some issue there with Beltran disagreeing with how an injury should be handled than the Mets. So I don't think it's hypothetical. I think you're going to have conflict. What do you think about that? I think certainly how you were treated with an organization will cloud you if you ever want to go work for them again. Uh, I think you also have to realize that's a lifetime ago. And Beltran was a different player. He was a player. Eight, nine years. But are you saying you think Beltran made a mistake? Do you think Beltran thinks he handled it wrong? Because I don't feel that. But why does that matter now, though? He's the manager now. now. It matters because he's going to have injured players. Well, I mean, you're connecting a a few dots there. And, and again, he's, he's looking at it from a different perspective, too. Uh, so you think it's all water under the, the bridge? You think I, this is a non-issue? I, I would think it would be if job. he was just hired as the manager. And here's the I other thing. Know. Let me ask you. Well, there's 30 jobs out there, and he lives in New York, and he wants to stay in New York. Right. There's 30 jobs out there. Supposedly he was, offered, some... he, he was offered interviews with the Cubs. Right. And he, the wanted the Mets. he wanted yeah. the Mets. Absolutely. Okay. And, and you think he's – and I laughed when I heard the media say, well, you know, and if – Yes, could it possibly be that you don't want to work for the Wilpons? I don't think they're as bad as everybody makes them out to be. They certainly have their issues. Um, I think the the things that happened back then have nothing to do with Beltran now. And by the way, leaving New York, going elsewhere, and going through that back end of his career, like we just talked about when he was... And I'm going to tell you a quick story here. All, all, back, all of the good ones go through that, by the way. Uh, by the way, when Beltron came back, that spring training, when he came back from the knee injury, 2011, right? that was the year that he wound up coming back and, and then getting trading, traded. Uh, he originally, Terry Collins, thought he was going to be a part-time player, maybe three, four days a week. And right. this is late March. I was having dinner with a member of that team. I can't tell you who it was, but I was having dinner, a guy who was on that team the whole season, and I asked him, what do you think of Beltron? He looked at me and goes, I don't know how he's going to do it. Guys, guys having a lot this is late spring training. Guy was already struggling out there to, you know, and he was still trying to figure out how can he play every day in the outfield. And once that bell rang, you know, he wound up playing every day, got traded for Zach Wheeler. You'd never see that today. Giants went for it. Now today they get scolded for that, giving up a top prospect for a guy on his walk year, much less a guy who had serious, serious knee injuries. Um so, you know, it tells you what kind of guy this is, that he's able to really go out there, maximize his talent, put the work in, and figure out how he can be the best he can be. And, and having that kind of guy leading your team could only be a positive. Will it work out? Listen, even if Joe Girardi was hired, that could have been a disaster. Maybe Girardi comes out of the broadcast booth and, you know, his old school or his hard-headed approach or his... Uh, you know, I, my way or the highway approach, maybe that won't work. That's what know? I said last I week. Agree. I said I there's no guarantees of him winning I mean, in Philadelphia either. i got to be honest, that's ridiculous. Joe Girardi was the safest pick imaginable. I don't think. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. i got to get news on the top of the hour. Love Thanks you, again. Mike. We'll thank talk you to you soon. Take care.